This podcast is sponsored by Exact Sciences, a leading provider of cancer screening and diagnostic tests. To learn more, visit exactsciences.com. Welcome to Reopening Sardine. This is a five-episode series of The Corner Table, a podcast about food and drink in Madison, Wisconsin. The Corner Table is produced and hosted by me, Lindsay Christians, Cap Times food editor. And me, Chris Lay, an occasional Cap Times contributor and the podcast operations manager for Lee Enterprises. This is the third episode in the series. There's nothing that we can do to stop you from jumping in right here, of course, but episode one about Sardine's pandemic year is where we suggest you dive in. Well, friends, we're finally here. After more than a year of uncertainty, fear, and frustration, on May 19th, Sardine was ready to open its doors to the public again. We start this episode a few days before as the behind the scenes crew gets ready. We hear from pastry chef Jeff Doyle Horney, and chefs de cuisine Jason Taylor and Tim Smith. Lindsay talked with maitre d' Michaela Kratowitz and Kelsey Burkett right before the doors opened. While I was doing that, Chris was meeting the very first diners through the door. These are sardine superfans, and they were so happy to be back. Welcome to opening day. Give a listen. Cheers. Cheers. So it was the week of Sardine's reopening, and we started it by going to a meeting with the entire staff where they debuted the new menu. All right, second dish we're bringing out here is uh, roasted beets. Beets have been roasted with a little olive oil and salt. salt. There are several new dishes on Sardine's menu, if you are familiar. Uh, There are actually several that have some flavors of North Africa. So a little bit more spicy flavors, um, some different spices than they would normally work with. There is an octopus dish on the menu that is fantastic. It was delicious. It was very good. (laughs) Uh, Octopus salad. So uh, fava beans, uh, watercress, uh, little manchi leeks, octopus that's been but there are a lot of things that stayed the same, like the roll mops that you love so much. Oh, so good. Liver toast. Oh, I love the liver toast. Yeah. Um, we are going to work our way through all the wines that you used to know really well, and I'm sure that you remember fondly. The menu tasting came on the heels of a wine tasting that had been led by Susan Schuller just the week before. One of the things that was interesting to me about the wine tasting was how Susan was approaching it with the servers, asking them if they remembered the wines, encouraging them to take notes, talking about why the wines were what they were on the menu, um, where they came from, flavor notes and things like that. We're going to start at the beginning with Muscadet. Oh, Muscadet, Muscadet. Peter, what do you serve Muscadet with? What do you like to... Uh, oysters and potato chips. Yeah. 
Potato chips. Wines that had been replaced with other wines for whatever reason or wines that just weren't coming back yeah. entirely. Like the Muscadet that they have is the same one they've always had. The Lucien Albrecht Rosé Bubbles is like the one I've had for my birthday many times. Um, they still have a Sancerre. Do you have Sancerre? Oh, I love Sancerre. No one likes that. No one likes the Sancerre. Without a question, this is the number one bottle that we sell, and we go through just tons of it, tons of it. Um, At one point she said, how many of you have sold this bottle to a table? And I thought, yeah, that's probably everybody here. Yeah. (laughs) I've bought that bottle. (laughs) It was also really cool to talk with Kelsey Burkett who is the bar manager at Sardine, and Carlin Langley, who's been on this podcast before, about the new cocktails that they're designing, that they have designed for the menu, really focusing on what I think of as kind of the French diaspora, um, probably connected to a history of imperialism, but let's not you know go too far into that. But it very much like not just French cocktails, more French cocktails, yep. though, like th- with things like absinthe and pastis, but also you know, some cocktails from New Orleans, uh, some tiki drinks and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the absinthe uh, is such an interesting addition, although it's been on their menu in the past, but I think this is the first time they've really expanded the variety of applications they're using uh, with cocktails. Yeah, for sure. It's such a brilliant color. Like that's very visible. Bright green. Yeah. Um, I was excited about, for example, the white Negroni that they're doing that has like a little bit of chrysanthemum liqueur in it. Um, there's a spirit uh, called China China that is in several of their cocktails that I'm, I also just saw behind the bar at Bar Coralini. Um, it is a, it's a liqueur. It's it's like herbal and sweet. I, I, I still don't know very much about it, but I feel like it's kind of the current cocktail trend. So if you see China China, if you're at the Sardine Bar, you know, have them pour you a tiny taste of it because it's a fascinating thing. Back at the restaurant on the day of the menu tasting, we got a glimpse of what it was like as the whole staff was gearing up and getting ready to reopen. I was out here in the hallway talking to somebody who had an office in this building somewhere. She was like, why did you guys shut down? It's so sad. This is like an institution. This is a, you know, an icon in Madison right now. And and so she was really thrilled to hear that we were going to reopen. I was sitting at the sardine bar and this guy walked past me several times and we sort of were like eyeing each other like I haven't seen you before, I don't know if I know who you are. And uh, eventually he came up to me and he said, hello, like, what do you do? And I said, well, I'm a journalist. Um, And it turned out to be Jeff, the pastry chef. Well, I've been at Gates of Brovi. Jeff has been making all of the desserts for Gates and Brovi, but he had been cooking out of sardine because nobody was there. We uh, decided it would be good for me to work here and then just bring the finished desserts over to Gates and Brovi because it's a tiny kitchen over there. But over here, it was empty, so why not use it, right? French, French food has such wonderful opportunities for beautiful desserts. How do you narrow it down what you're going to do? Well, it wasn't easy, you know, uh, because there are so many opportunities. But we're looking for simplicity and elegance and 
you know, we narrowed it down to a few items that, that make both of those things possible. Chocolate is super important. And I know there are a lot of people that like take their chocolates really personally. And I, I get that. So when we do this chocolate mousse, it's got salted caramel in it, but I don't think that violates the sort of reverence of chocolate, right? You know, it's, it, um, and then we also do the profiterole with the chocolate sauce. But uh, the galette offers us an opportunity to get those fruits going, you know. Right now it's rhubarb, and in a, in a month it'll be strawberries. Frankly, I'm looking forward to keeping my head above water. <laughs> because, I mean, this is a flagship restaurant in Madison. It's, it's, this is like way bigger, and, and uh, it's a different scale than I've ever experienced before. So. I feel like I'm on schedule and everything's going to go well, but um, I, I'm also a little bit in survival mode. <laughs> you know, it's been like I got a chance to talk with Tim Smith and Jason Taylor about the changes that they were making in the menu and how they were getting ready. They said they felt pretty good about their level of staffing, especially with 50% capacity. I felt pretty good physically. It's just uh, I haven't talked this much in over a year, <laughs> you know. I haven't talked to this many people in over a year. Are you thinking at all about, I mean, since you mentioned the other night, like 500 people, like, right away, like within the first day. And I noticed it. Like, I was like, oh, okay, I can't get a reservation. Guess I'm just going to show up. Like, mm -hmm. uh, are you thinking about that sort of influx of people so quickly yeah, after? Not really. Okay. <laughs> no, no, because it's not, I mean, at 50%, it's nothing of right. the volume we were doing before. Right. Right. You're right. Right. So I mean, what, what'll be nice is it'll be consistent. Right. Like it'll be day in and day out might be more consistent than it used to, instead of like the weekends being more than double what we do all the other days. Right. Like, you know, in, in volume. So that's yeah. gonna be kind of nice. Yeah. I, I I think the actual once the service part starts, that's gonna be the easy part. Yeah. The hard part is this day. And having the reservation spool also makes it like much smoother. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, cool. Is there anything that has like come up this past week that has, has surprised you or struck you? Yeah. The wa water pipe exploded. All oh over. yeah, that was. I've never. I've never seen that. Seen a lot of weird stuff, but never one. Hot of those. water. Never seen a hot water pipe blow up before. Yeah, we had a new uh, like sanitizer and some dispenser installed by our mop sink. And I'm not sure how that happened, but it happened. <laughs> that, that's, that's the kind of situation. It's just like, of course, anything that can go wrong is going to go wrong. And yeah. You just got to deal with them as they come. You need to have elite problem solving skills, that's for sure. <laughs> so how much more kitchen staff do you think that you need? Are you almost there in terms of, like, at this capacity, this is what you need? And you need to rehire, like, once you get to 75? I mean, we're still, you know, we're not open for brunch this weekend. Right. And yeah. next weekend... Uh, we might have to figure something out, but it's because uh, it'll be, it's not like a big yeah. issue. Maybe okay. a, a guy or two, but it's not like, yeah, no, it's it's uh, way better than a lot of places. And I guess in a, in a dream world, we'd get a full-time person that could do two mornings and two or three nights. Um, but if we don't have that right away, at this capacity, it's not the end of the world. Yes. I talked with some newer folks in the kitchen. Um, I talked with a cook named Joe, who was getting ready right by a roaring fire. <laughs> what is this dish that you're working on here? Uh, that was just 
telling me about the pergola and the vegetables for the great chatting with him he was a new addition to the staff and was kind of getting acclimated so what made you want to come over here what was it about this menu that you were interested in uh, you know it's the simplicity while still doing it right um, you know we're, we're not trying to they are not trying to have too many ingredients or anything like that they're not trying to wow based on confusing the customer with a new fangled vegetable or anything like that. You know, it's just good, simple French cooking done right and done at a really high level, done at high volume at that. You know, I, I've worked with a lot of, a few of the guys here. I've worked with other people who've come and gone from Sardine and I've heard nothing but good things about not only the space, but the people involved. And you know, once I sat down talking with John and Phil, they were just, I mean, they talked only about the people during our interview, and that pretty much sold it for me. You know, they, they didn't have to talk about the space or the menu. It was, it was really just about the people and what, those, what they mean to them, what they mean to them. At the end of the day, you want to be able to be with the people, to feel right with all the people you're with every single day, especially after this pandemic. You know, so many of us were not necessarily with the wrong people, but just like grinding tooth and nail um, day and night, and yeah, now we, now we have other people to connect with on that front. Yeah. Are there specific things here that you think are going to be particularly challenging, or does it all feel pretty good? Um, the one, so first of all, the hurry some marinated chicken that we were talking about, being a half chicken that it is, I mean, that's going to be tough to cook through. We're cooking it from raw, um, making sure that it's cooked fully but not dry, but also cooked fully for the guests. Um, I, I imagine that'll be both appetizer heavy as far as dish, go, dish goes because it seems like a very shareable kind of thing but also seems like it'll work really really well as an individual item for maybe someone a little bit hungrier and therefore it, it will, there won't be a whole lot of timing behind when that rush of that dish happens you know i'll, I'll be cooking that all day long um, that obviously steaks cooking those to attempt is always a always a challenge um, or at least can be especially this uh, wood fire grill here is very new to me that's going to be another challenge, and then these sardines here. Um, those are about four inches long, one inch tall, really, really small, and we're just uh, growing those like that. They're only going to take about 90 seconds, So, and that's going to be a very popular dish. You know, it's an This podcast is sponsored by Exact Sciences, a leading provider of cancer screening and diagnostic tests. To learn more, visit exactsciences.com. How are you feeling right now? It's opening day. Um, I am so excited. I'm really, really excited. That's pretty much what it boils down to. I mean, there's a little So opening day. I talked with Michaela Kradowitz, who is the Mater D, and she was just talking about some of the new things that they're going to have to do and again like trying to be responsive and flexible <laughs> can you tell me more about the, the reservation notes so sure so this is this is when people make a reservation and they're they're giving you any like special requests mm -hmm. yeah definitely um, yeah just a lot of like really excited like we'll have um, 
we have questions on our um, our website about dietary restrictions mobility but then we have a blank box that says like anything else you'd like to add and just a lot of like you're open or we'll ask if there's any celebration and they're saying they're celebrating us opening so that feels really really good um, when you think about the restaurant culture of sardine and, and the, the sort of the, the relationship that co-workers have to each other and also like front of house back of house how would you describe it it's it's great i choose to work here you know i i have worked at a lot of different restaurants and um Everybody is just incredibly respectful to each other here, and I think that's what working with other people boils down to. And so, I have a lot of friends here, and it, it was weird with the pandemic too, it's like you, you're used to seeing people every day and working very closely with them and then suddenly not, and so it's really, really good to be back together, and we have the majority of the staff returning too, which is really special. <laughs> I'm trying to think about things that are new coming sure. back, right? Yeah, things yeah. that are changes. Um, well, our bar um, is beautiful, just on like a basic level. It was always beautiful, but they renovated a lot of stuff. Um, the harvest table, our pub tables, and then if you look like the bottom part of the bar as well as like the top is just really, really gorgeous. Do you have a new host stand? We do have a new host stand. I'm very excited about it. It's beautiful. Um, it's beautiful and it's light and like, it's, is it bigger? It's actually smaller. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know, and they moved it back. Um, it does look bigger though, but it's like definitely going to be more functional. There's like a lot more drawers and a, cab a whole cabinet behind for organization, which is great. Yeah. One of the things that Susan talked about, I think, last week was about how when people come through the door, they would tend to sometimes get stuck in this entry area. Yeah, definitely. And that especially now with COVID and different protocols, like people don't know how to be in a restaurant yeah. anymore. Like we need to sort of relearn that. Do you see it as part of your job, like tonight and this coming week, to help people get reintroduced to what it means to dine in? I hope so. I, I hope so. I know that like, because, yeah, so we are hosting a little in there, so we at the door uh, or we try to greet people at the door and so yeah I, I think that'll be a good opportunity kind of like welcome people in and hopefully like have people relax a little bit more because even if you even if you are used to dining out it's still like odd circumstances and I don't know we just want people to be as comfortable as possible yeah I chased down both John and Philip uh, during the hour or two before opening can I steal you for like 30 seconds sure and I said, how are you feeling right now? How are things going? They both were very enthusiastic, very excited. So, John, it's opening yes. day, how do you feel? Uh, I feel good. Nervous, a little bit, but super excited. It's been a long wait, and uh, it's good just being back, you know? Open the doors and, uh, and be the restaurant that, uh, you know, that we wanna be, that we are, yeah, that we strive to be. Not, not great to have all that time to like think about it, but it's been great to like actually think about it and uh, to finally open. So everybody's super fired up. It's a great. It's got. We've got great energy and uh, we're fired up. So we can't wait. Yeah. And we're kind of excited that that um, we're not at 100 percent right now too, which is kind of nice. It's opening day. How do you feel? Pretty good. Feels great. Yeah. Super excited. Yeah, it just feels, um, I don't know, it's uh, hard to believe it's happening and it's exciting to know that after this many months that, this, it, that it is happening. 
and it feels pretty natural, you know, being in the kitchen with everyone, staff's all arriving. Um, we've missed this hustle and bustle for sure. Are there things that you're noticing are coming back kind of like muscle memory, or like things that you remember? Well, you know, the last few days in the kitchen have seemed to be like, where did we get, where's the spoon, where's this, where, where are we putting that? So there was a lot of inefficiency in that, but it, it's amazing how quickly it comes back into play. I mean, honestly, it just feels like, you know, you're riding a bike and then you're, you're back on it. So these are all professionals who are so anxious to be here and it makes it that much easier. So we're all just zipping around, feeling really good. Yeah. Given that it's the first night back, do you imagine that you'll be coming out here to say hello to regulars yeah. a lot? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait to see see some friendly faces and just greet the people. I guess I, I heard there's a few people waiting outside already queuing up here 45 minutes before we open. So that's kind of fun. Awesome. Yeah, we can't wait. I mean, they have been preparing this new menu and they've had a lot of time undisturbedly <laughs> yeah. to, to work out the kinks. And also, I mean, just, uh, you know, them working with, with Susan to, you know, get everything ready on the staffing side. I mean, everything was rolled out in, in a very clearly thought out way. One of the things that I think was interesting is that they they were sort of putting all these plans in place and then they just kind of had to see how it was going to work. Because I think that as as the restaurant goes forward, especially as it gets back to a fuller capacity, there's clearly a lot of people who want to get in who didn't get reservations that they're going to see what works and what doesn't and it's it also seemed like they were willing to be able to make those changes and and to be flexible in that way Chris, you were there outside the door uh, as people were lining up, getting ready to come in. What was the vibe? It was full to bursting, maybe. There were, everyone was very excited. Um, I mean, it felt like, I don't, I don't know if, have, have you ever been at like a, at a theme park, like right when it opens up? Oh, like in the no, morning, you know, like when they, when they raise the gates and like everyone gets to kind of run to wherever. That was the feeling. It was, you know, I briefly talked with some folks who you ended up interviewing also. Um, and, you know, it was, you know, Sardines, our, our favorite restaurant in Madison. And they would not have missed being here on opening day for anything in the world. And when they opened the doors, you heard the staff start applauding. It just, I mean, it, it felt like a first step towards things getting back in a way that I was not expecting. And I had been outside. I didn't actually, I hadn't seen you yet. And so the act of coming into a restaurant, seeing someone who you were planning on meeting and just being able to say, hey, and then walk over and sit down next to them was so refreshing and wonderful and and pleasant. Do you want to try some of this? It's fantastic. I do. Thank yeah. you. It is just like, I mean, the brightest like mimosa. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's, it's delicious. Just to be surrounded by so much good, positive, happy, appreciative energy. I mean, this was, everyone that was there felt like 
they were part of the family almost, there really was a very distinct energy about it that is, is hard to put a finger on. About three minutes, maybe two minutes before that door opened, I was talking with Kelsey Burkett and I said, how are you feeling right now? And she started to cry. Um, how do you feel? I feel like weeping. <laughs> it's like I just literally finished setting up. It's, it's a lot. It's been a long year. I'm just so excited. Um, yeah. It like, I feel like it wasn't, like it's been real for a long time, but like the last hour, just like pumping it out and cranking it out and getting ready for service, like, uh, it hasn't been this real in a long time. So, super psyched. I loved going up to people, the patrons who came in. I loved going up to them and saying, hi, why are you, like, not why are you here, <laughs> but like, hi. Like, what brings you into Sardine tonight? You know, kind of stuff. How did you get in here? Yeah. And people have just these really strong connections. I think that's part of why when restaurants close that are very beloved, people take it so personally because we have these milestones. There was one couple, Magda and Ken Kmasek, who said that they had come there for birthdays, for family gatherings, and after funerals. We've been here for birthdays, for family celebrations. We've also been here after funerals, after um, things have happened in the family that are really sad. And we always feel welcomed and uh, just very comfortable. What's it like for you to be back here? Um, it's very dreamlike. I mean, we were talking about this before, but it's sort of like you've been in a year-long sleep and you're kind of woken up and it's like, oh, where am I? You know, oh, it's kind of new, but it's, you know, it's still the same thing, but very dreamlike. Um, sort of like, uh, I was comparing to the movie um, While You Were Sleeping, okay? So lots of things have gone on, and yet you wake up and here it is. A little bit strange, isn't it? Like it, it's familiar, but yet it's been so long. Yeah. So it, it's and it's nice to see everyone because I've gotten to know people over the years, and to see them all, to, make, to know they've made it through COVID and they're healthy, and they've got their jobs, they're back where they want to be. It's really nice. It's a nice closure. It's also really impressive how much of the staff is still here. And I don't know what you know, John and Philip did during the course of things, but whatever they built and whatever they did, it's really impressive that so many people are still here, still have jobs. One of the, I don't know, the nice things about a restaurant, like I was saying the other day, that I, I find like when I'm at home, I'm eating faster and faster. It's like I take an hour to prep the meal, get the meal together, and I finished it in 15 minutes, and I go, what is with this? But here, you know, it comes out slowly. You have a little more wine, you have a little more conversation. Uh, we, um, it's, been, it's been a difficult year for us in many ways. Um, 
I had a serious diagnosis that I had to go through at the same time as COVID. And so the idea of being able to come here and celebrate John and Philip's opening with staff was just, you know, let's come and have a drink and if we can stay for dinner, we will. I found myself that opening night running around and talking with people I hadn't seen in over a year, people that I know socially from the food scene, people that I, you know, that are like acquaintances, people who I wouldn't have necessarily, you know, made a made a social date with because we're not, you know, we're not that close, but just so joyful, so wonderful to see them in person unexpectedly. When I moved here from North Carolina, that was one of the things that I really appreciated very early on was knowing that there were any number of bars in Madison where I didn't have to plan anything with anyone. I didn't have to call somebody up and say, hey, I'm going out here. You want to meet up? It would just be, I can go to the Crystal Corner at this time, or I can go to Jenna's at this time or whatever. And maybe not be able to say exactly who's going to be there, but know that any one of five to 10 people was likely to be there. These places get woven into your social DNA. And so to take them away, yeah, it just ends up leaving this this huge hole. So being able to come back to a place and, and feel that freshness and be able to accidentally run into somebody <laughs> and, you know, in a way that you haven't been able to for so long was just, it was just such a warm, comforting feeling. One of the things that I loved on that opening night was you made the comment that it was like the happiest room in Madison. And that is something that I I sort of keep coming back to is that was the happiest room in Madison that night. I knew what I was feeling and it was very good in a way that I hadn't felt in a very long time. And everyone in that room, of all the people there, I mean, I didn't know hardly any of them personally, but I knew that they were all feeling something similar. I don't think it's going to be possible to relive that moment in in such a specific way ever again. And it was it, it was it was a really special thing for everyone that was there. Yeah, just to have a room full of people where you knew absolutely it was their first time being back in this restaurant, which they loved. Yeah, it was it, it was it was amazing. I am really excited to be able to revisit in the future, just when we check back in with John and Philip here shortly, just to see how things have been going. Me too. I'm very intrigued to know the the learning curves that they have had to endure as they they navigate this process, which, I mean, we talked about being, you know, flexible and receptive, and you have to be flexible because things are going to change and you're going to have to deal with a lot of very specific needs from from your customers in in, in a much more interesting and unexpectable way <laughs> than you would before. the corner table reopening sardine a podcast about food and drink in madison wisconsin produced by the capital times 
Patrick Christians composed and performs our music. Eric Lawrenson edits the show. Links to relevant content as well as ways you can contact us directly can be found in the show notes. This was the third episode in our series about the reopening of Sardine. And as I mentioned at the beginning, uh, you can catch up on the first two and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We are on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, you know, wherever. The Corner Table has a hundred plus episodes for you to discover about everything from breakfast sandwiches and vegan desserts to foraged foods and school lunch. And of course, get more food coverage at the Cap Times. Check out our interactive, fully photographed patio map with outdoor seating at more than 250 patios around Dane County. Ooh. We've got restaurant reviews, food cart write-ups, and more. Until next week, I'm Lindsay Christians. And I'm Chris Lay. Our wish for you this week is fresh strawberries. I do this one every year, but they are literally my favorite thing. Strawberries! <laughs> Cheers. Cheers! I am obsessed with them. I love them so much. This podcast is sponsored by Exact Sciences, a leading provider of cancer screening and diagnostic tests. To learn more, visit exactsciences.com.